Molly, can I get a little... Mic check, one, two, three. Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. Many of the costs in retirement you can plan for with, with a high degree of certainty, the fun stuff, lifestyle. Okay, Lauren. Rewriting the rules of long-term care. People, people, check, one, two, two, <laughs> three, That'll have to do. <laughs> That'll have to do. If yeah. only he only spoke in like one word increments. <laughs> be a lot better podcast. Yeah, this would be a very short People. podcast. People. Long term here. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. There are many costs in retirement that you can plan for with a high degree of certainty. The fun stuff like your lifestyle plan, where you want to go, what you want to see when you're retired, you want to spend more time with grandkids if you want to buy a second home. There's the necessary stuff you can plan for, the cost of living, taxes, and then there's the income, how you'll put together all the sources of income, your pension, your social security, your 401k, and use those in retirement. But there's one piece you cannot predict with as much certainty, and that's your health. That's what makes it so easy to overlook, and especially the long-term care aspect, but you shouldn't. That's what we're going to explore today. I'm here with Lauren Merkel and Rochelle Smith. Lauren Merkel is a certified financial planner and a certified financial fiduciary. Lauren, when it comes to long-term care, when it comes to looking forward with that crystal ball, of course, we all hope that we won't need long-term care, but the reality is a high percentage of Americans will. There's a high percentage of Americans that are going to need long-term care. The fact of the matter is that about 70% of people post-age 65 are going to need some kind of long-term care. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to have the insurance in place to pay for that or that they're even going to stay long enough to allow that insurance to kick in if they had it, but they're going to need some kind of care. And it's not necessarily inexpensive. Uh, we have families that we're working with that are paying somewhere between 3500 a month in upwards to $10,000 a month for their long-term care. And these are one of the things that you can plan for. You can plan for that cost. You, 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 you know, it's hard to determine what your health is going to be 15, 20 years down the road, but statistically we can look at this country and how many people are going to need long-term care. And then we can look at individual circumstances that are are part of your life and really identify what are your main risks when it comes to long-term care expense. If you need to spend $10,000 a month when you're age 80 and you need to spend that $10,000 a month for three years, how is that going to impact the rest of your retirement? How is that going to impact the rest of your surviving spouse's retirement? And that's what a lot of people are concerned about. So now it's a matter of how do you incorporate this plan? How do you incorporate long-term care expense into your retirement plan to make sure that you get the care that you need? And if you're married, that your surviving spouse can continue on his or her retirement for the rest of their time as well. And Lauren, that makes a good case for why you should care about long-term care. And today we want to talk about rewriting the rules of long-term care. So we want to talk about why you should care, the stats, what drives these decisions, why it's something you have to plan for. We want to talk about the old way of trying to pay for or or, or hedge the risk of long-term care. And then we want to talk about rewriting the rules, which are some of the new options for paying for long-term care. So we talked about the stats that that really kind of drive the fact, Lauren, that people just can't overlook this. 70% of Americans age 65 right now are going to need some form of long-term care. 24% of people turning 65 will require paid long-term care for more than two years. The average duration of long-term care for women, 3.7 years, men, 2.2 years. So the facts are there. 
But then the next facts that are staggering is what this all costs. You mentioned the cost here in Iowa where we're podcasting from right now. But if you look at the costs in other areas of the country, they are staggering. Yeah, much higher. And if you're listening to us right now and you're 55 years old or you're you're, you're 65 years old, think about the cost with inflation increases when you're age 80 or when you're age 85. Uh, The vast majority of long-term care experiences take place post age 80. So we have another 15, 20 years for this $5,000, $10,000 month cost to increase and inflationary increases on long-term care expenses are faster, are growing faster than normal inflation. We're looking at about a four and a half percent inflation, inflationary growth on long-term care expenses. So if you're 55, 65 right now, and let's say the average cost of long-term care is $6,000 a month, by the time you're 80, we're talking about $15,000, $17,000 a month that you're going to have to come out of pocket with or you're going to have to make the, the conscious decision today to offset all of or some of that risk in the form of some of the options that we're going to talk about here on today's show. And do you think that there is a misnomer, Lauren, that people think that their health care coverage will kick in for some of these things? Based on my experience, no. Uh, most, most people that we're working with, they, they come to us with a clear idea of their health care costs are not going to cover their long-term care costs. The Medicare uh, coverage that they have is not going to cover the vast majority of their long-term care costs. So they understand that there is a separate type of cost and a different way to offset that risk exposure if necessary. So Lauren, we know there's a high probability that people will need some form of long-term care. We know that it's expensive, but we still know that sometimes people don't work it into their retirement plan for a myriad of reasons. But what happens? What does that look like if I haven't done the planning, but then I find myself needing this long-term care? Well, then you have some different situations. You're going to need to use the investable assets or income sources that you have for retirement. But many, for many retirees, that's not going to be enough. If we look at maybe your true out-of-pocket cost over the course of your reti- retirement for long-term care, about 250000 or so. Uh, by the way, they also say just, just health care cost out-of-pocket post-65 is about $280,000. That doesn't include the long-term care costs. So if you look at your total health care costs, potential long-term care costs of about $500,000, most people don't have that just sitting around for healthcare, long-term care type of expenses. So now you're more of a, a, in a situation where it could exhaust your savings. And by the way, if that happens, then what happens to your surviving spouse? There is some protection mechanisms, depending upon the state that you live in, that will protect a portion of those assets for a surviving spouse. But still, it will seriously and substantially deplete what you guys have saved together. And then the other thing is it could seriously derail what you're trying to do from a legacy standpoint. You know, if you have uh, any intentions of leaving money to uh, maybe your kids or your grandkids, whatever that is, long-term care can eat that up. You know, a lot of families look at it from a standpoint of they've worked hard for 40 years, put money away for this day when they have a lot more freedom of time to do the things they want to do. They don't want their life savings to be eaten up by health care long-term 
care types of expenses, but in many cases, that what we that is what we see. So, Molly, to answer your question, if you're in that situation where now you need long-term care, it's going to cost you five to ten thousand dollars a month for that long-term care. You don't have any protection or insurances in place to do so. Now, there's some other protection mechanisms that you can enact potentially depending upon your state. <clears throat> and so today we're going to talk about the state of Iowa and what you can do from that standpoint. Um, there is some, there are some types of long-term care annuities that you can use that can protect them. There are income restrictions as far as how much income you can receive in the state of Iowa and uh, still uh, be on Medicaid. Um, there's a restriction on the level of assets that you and your spouse can have and still be on Medicaid, but there are some planning techniques in the form of trust work uh, in, in long-term care approved annuities that you can implement depending upon your circumstances and the assets you have. And my guess is if you are on Medicaid, you your choices are restricted in, in how and where you would live in this assisted living facility and or nursing home? Yeah, that's a big deal is if you are not in a facility, but in order to get into the facility, you have to go on Medicaid. Now your choices are severely restricted. So one of the keys within the plan, and again, depending upon your situation, within the plan, if you can pay for the long-term care service for a couple of years, you get into the facility and it's Medicaid approved, then you run out of resources, then you can transition over to Medicaid and stay within that facility a lot easier, a lot more successfully than if you do not have the resources to pay on your own to get into a facility. So that's an important distinction and should be considered within your overall plan as well. Today, we're talking about rewriting the rules of a long-term care. So let's talk about the old way of covering this risk of long-term care. Lauren, long-term care insurance, something many people are familiar with, but not as common as it used to be. The number of long-term care insurance options is seriously diminished even over just the last couple of decades. If we look at the year 2000, there's an estimated about 125, 125 insurance companies that offer some kind of long-term care protection. And just as of 2016, that has gone down to only about 17 different insurance companies. And if we look at what's being offered there today, here in, in 2021, it's probably even less than that. And then if you look at the actual policies that are being offered and the type of protection that's being offered amongst these policies, it has really changed as well. I got another great stat, and this is, I want to get this right, so I'm going to read this. This is from the American Association for Long-Term Care Insurance. And this, there's so many stats. If you go to their website, there's so many stats about long-term care. This particular stat jumped out of the page for me because it, this, is one of the, this is one of the reasons that the long-term care insurance industry has changed so significantly. Before, so going back to the year 2000, 1990s, you could get a long-term care insurance policy that would pay indefinitely. So if you were in, in, a, in need of long-term care insurance for five years, it would pay for five years. If you needed it for 20 years, it would pay for 20 years. Wow. And those are not on the books anymore. You cannot buy a policy like that, an old traditional long-term care policy like that. And this stat is the reason why. So they looked at seven different companies, insurance companies, and they looked at the oldest claim that they're paying and this is as of 2000, January of 2019. So these are still claims that they were paying as of that date. Sure. This particular company has been paying this claim for, and this was a mail that they're paying on, 14 years and two months. And to date, as of January 2019, they paid 
almost $2.3 million on this one claim. Wow. Oh. And what do you think the initial investment was for the the, the well, claimant? As of 2019, they've been paying for uh, 14 years. So we're talking about a 2005 type policy when yeah. it was originated. They're probably 200 bucks a month. Jeez. <laughs> and and uh, for a female, the same company, they're paying a little bit over 2.3 million, have paid up to that date, $2.3 million on uh, for this female. That doesn't seem like a sustainable business model for the insurance company. And that's why these policies have changed. And so uh, you cannot find an old traditional policy that pays an unlimited amount anymore. Traditional policies are going to cap their expenses, the insurance company's expenses, to three years, five years, something along those lines. Uh, so those old policies were good. If you have one of those old policies, and this is a question we get because we have people to come that come to us. They've had a policy for 15 years in place. We review that policy. Most of the time, you're going to want to hang on to that policy because you cannot find that anymore. Um, the other disadvantage of those types of policies that we're really seeing is premiums are increasing. There is no lock-in premium provision on most of those policies. Every once in a while, we'll run into one that had a paid-up provision where if you pay the premium for 10 years, it's paid up, you can keep the protection and not have to pay any more premiums. But those are far and few in between. So most policies, what, what policyholders are seeing on those types of policies is their premiums are increasing and increasing substantially. I talked with a family a couple couple months ago, and they got a notice from their insurance carrier that not only are they increasing premiums by about 30% that year, but they've already scheduled premium increases for the next two years. So they know by the time three years rolls around that, that their, their premiums are going to increase by probably about 70 to 80%. And so now they're forced with their this decision because they've been paying these premiums for about 10 years. That's a big investment. So they're forced with the decision, do they change, do they alter the type of coverage they have for this policy? Do they let it go completely and then they don't have long-term care coverage? Or do they roll the dice and continue to pay premiums and now increase premiums for maybe the next 10, 15 years and potentially never even need to use the policy? So it's really a conundrum that a lot of policyholders are in right now of do they pay the increased premiums, maybe never need to use the policy, or do they let it go and risk needing it down the road and not having it and, and then still have invested all this money that they paid up to date? Rochelle, Blue Cross Blue Shield policyholders in Florida in January of 2019, they got a real shock. Yes, so... <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> okay, back to you. <laughs> uh, the increase was from uh, $1,454 to $2,820 after full premium increase takes effect. It was an average of 94% of an increase through 2021. So again, they're increasing not the one year, but the two years. So imagine getting that notification in the mail. Yeah, it's heartbreaking because, again, you're forced with this decision. They've already been paying premiums for how many years? That's an investment that they've made. So they, do they cut their losses, let the investment go, or do they pay an average 94% higher with so much uncertainty they may not even need to use it down the road? And that's why, that's why the old school, the traditional long-term care policies are not the preferred method for a lot of people trying to offset some of the their risk today is because there's so much uncertainty with those policies. And the company, Blue Cross Blue Shield, had originally 
proposed a 280% increase for these long-term care policyholders. So that's one of the biggest cons on these traditional long-term care insurance policies. So we've talked about the pros and the cons to the traditional long-term care insurance. Now we want to talk about some other ways to think about funding long-term care as you move to and through retirement. Lauren, one option is self-funding. Self-funding is probably one of the most common options. And I think you mentioned it in the beginning of the show, there's a myriad of differences or or reasons why that is. Uh, Part of it is just because people don't know that there is a different way or there is a better way. They've heard stories, maybe lived these They've heard horror stories and maybe even lived through horror stories of their parents seeing how they've paid all this money into their old school long-term care insurance program and they passed away, never used a dime of it. Or I've also heard people tell me stories about how their long-term care policy, they paid into it for all these years, uh, their parents went to use it, and then the claims got denied, right? So there's there's a stigma, not necessarily a positive stigma uh, associated with some of these policies. So s- people don't know a different route a lot of times. So they, uh, by accident or uh, some kind of conscious level, are choosing to self-insure. Uh, there's nothing wrong with self-insuring. A lot of our f- uh, the families that we work with make that choice. Now, we make it a conscious choice, uh, and we build it into their plan. So we say, if you're 80 years old, you need $14,000 a month for a three- or four-year period of time. This is what it's going to do to your resources. This is what it's going to do to your retirement plan if they happen to be married. This is what it's going to do to your surviving spouse, and this is what your your surviving spouse's retirement, the rest of her or his retirement, is going to look like. How do you guys feel about that? Is this, uh, is this adequate for you? Do you feel comfortable with this type of result? And if they don't feel comfortable with that type of result or they just don't like the concept or the idea of their hard earn money depleting so quickly to an insurance uh, b- because of the cost of long-term care, then we'll choose a different options, a different option and we'll look to offset a piece or all of that cost in a different way. So the self-insurance route can work, uh, but you need to go into it eyes wide open. Make sure you're aware of the risk associated uh, in your particular case and you are comfortable with the potential outcomes that could be a result as a, as, uh, as a re- that could be a result of not offsetting some of that risk. We still have two of the newer options to talk about when it comes to funding long-term care as you move to and through retirement. But as you can tell, these retirement decisions, they are unique to you. They're unique to your situation. So here's a great opportunity to talk specifically about what's on your mind when it comes to retirement planning. It's a 15-minute retirement checkup call. Go to MerkelPlan.com right now, M-E-R-K-L-E Plan.com, and you are getting linked to the calendars of the retirement planners here at Merkel Retirement Planning. You can take 15 minutes to talk about your specific situation. Now, it's time to rewrite the rules. You like to rewrite rules, Rochelle? Do you, do you live by your own rules or, or, or the rules of society? Um, I think both. <laughs> I, I don't either know. Way, either are way. you not a rebel? Either, one. either way, she's rewriting the rules. I was just saying, you kind of live by your own rules in a good way. That's not yeah. a negative thing. Like, I don't, you're not like a rebel in the office, but you know, you kind of have your own way of doing life. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that. I like your way of doing life. Just so you know, I mean, it's a compliment. Like, I like the rules you live well, that's by. Good. You're organized. You're fun to work with. You're a great leader. There's yeah. there, your rules. I like your rules. Well, I appreciate that. We're going to rewrite the rules of long-term care. Some of the newer ways to think about paying for this as you move to and through retirement. And one of them, Lauren, is to use insurance or more more specifically life insurance. Yeah, so it's a different type of insurance than the old school traditional long-term care. Either way, you're still buying insurance except for 
using life insurance as a hybrid strategy to protect yourself in the event that you pass away or to protect your survivors and your legacy in the event that you pass away and then also offset some or all of your long-term care risk is a little bit different from the standpoint of you're going to use that money or your family is going to use that money, your premiums are not just going to get lost at some insurance company. So the way that the, the life insurance long-term care hybrid approach works is that if you go through life, you never need long-term care, you're going to pass away, your beneficiaries are going to receive a tax-free death benefit to do whatever they want to do with. Or uh, if you involve some trust work and put some control mechanisms around it, uh, you can, can kind of control that from the grave if you want to as well. There's a lot of options that come with that type of strategy. If you need long-term care, or if you lose two of the six daily living activities, then, and a lot of these insurance policies were, will work differently. So this is where we're just talking in generalities so you get the concept around how it works. Each carrier is going to have some nuance to their type of policies. But generally, you're going to be able to advance about 20% of that death benefit each year for up to the five years, if you use it or need that long-term care protection for that five-year period of time, then your death benefit is gone. So let's just say you have a million-dollar death benefit and you need long-term care, you, you have lost two of the six daily living activities, now you can advance 20% or about $200,000 a year to pay for that long-term care. If you need it for five years, that million-dollar death benefit is gone but you have offset a million dollars of your long-term care risk. Let's say you only need long-term care for the two years. So you've consumed 400,000 of the million dollar death benefit. You pass away, then the beneficiaries will get the remaining balance of that death benefit. So the part of the benefit of this is you know you're paying a premium for a reason and there's gonna be a benefit to you or your family. There's gonna be a living benefit in the form of long-term care protection and there's going to be a death benefit if you never need it or you need all of it that's going to go tax-free to your survivors. Lauren, when I think about life insurance, I think about underwriting or qualifying or tests, health tests. So is this a strategy that definitely needs to put, be put in place before a certain age? Not necessarily a certain age, but certainly underwriting requirements apply. And the underwriting re uh, requirements are a little bit more stringent than just traditional life insurance because there is that living benefit as well. Uh, and what these insurance companies are concerned about from their standpoint is that you are going to be in a long-term care facility. You're going to advance 100% of that death benefit prior to your average mortality, which is going to dip into their profitability as an organization. So you, there is underwriting. Not everybody can, can get approved for this type of, of coverage. So it's something that if you are able to get approved and you like this and this strategy works really well within your plan, you want to proceed before there could be an event in which you will no longer be approved for it. And if you are married, do you each need a policy? Or are there joint policies? That's going to depend upon your plan, but there are joint policies, and that's pretty cool uh, with this as well because there are some some of the joint policies, the way that they work. I said before, the old-school long-term care policies no longer have unlimited coverage. Some of these joint uh, life insurance hybrid policies do have unlimited coverage. So one of the one of the types of policies that we use probably most frequently with our families is in fact a joint policy, and let's just use some simple numbers. Let's say it covers five thousand dollars a month of long term care need. So if you if, let's say uh, let's use a couple uh, Tom and Jill, 
Okay, so if Tom needs five thousand, Tom will have five thousand dollars a month of long term care coverage. Jill will have five thousand dollars a month of long term care coverage, and it's unlimited for both of them. So if Tom loses two of the six daily living activities, he can use up to five thousand dollars a month for that. At the same time, if Jill loses two of the six. Uh, daily living activities, she can use up to $5,000 a month for that. And if they both need it for 20 years, it'll continue to pay for that 20-year time frame. You can also incorporate an inflation adjustment to that that benefit. You don't have to. That's an option. So if you want an inflation, inflation rider on it, you can do that as well. Uh, but one of the benefits of this strategy uh, is that it takes away or eliminates one of the main disadvantages of the traditional long-term care policy, which is 10 years after you secured the policy with the traditional method, you don't know what premiums you're going to be paying. And we just discussed how they have been ramping up, how they have been increasing dramatically. With the, the life insurance long-term care, those premiums are locked in. So if you're paying $500 a month day one, 15 years from now, you know you're going to be paying that same $500 a month. Or more commonly, the way that we do it is we'll, we'll use a five-year pay or a 10-year pay, which means you pay the premiums for five years, you're done forever. doesn't matter. You're, you're never paying another premium again. You pay the premiums for 10 years, you're done. You're never paying those premiums ever again. And the, the uh, shorter duration of those premiums, then the overall less expensive that policy is going to be for you. So if you choose a five-year pay over a 10-year pay, your total investment is going to be less than if you choose the 10-year pay. So there's different ways you can go about it, but the primary benefit of the long-term care life insurance hybrid is you, you're locked in from a premium standpoint. You know what your total investment is going to be, and it's going to pay somebody, you as a living benefit and or a death benefit to your survivors if you never need all of it or any of it. One more strategy we want to talk about when it comes to rewriting the rules of long-term care is an annuity with a long-term care rider. One of the biggest concerns of retirees is income. They want income in retirement. They want predictability in, in, in income and retirement. They want to know that they can spend X amount at point of retirement. They can spend X amount at at 10 years into retirement. And so income is a primal motive for an annuity for a lot of people. And if you can combine that strategy with a, so offsetting some long-term care costs, then that is a double win. And so the annuity companies, insurance companies have been providing this rider with income annuities that if you lose two of the six daily living activities, then you will get an increased income benefit. And again, this varies per insurance company. It varies depending upon if you're going to take a joint annuity payout or a single annuity payout. But in general, you can, if you lose two of the six daily living activities, then your income may double for up to the five-year period of time. After that five-year period of time, it'll go back to whatever that original income is. So let's say your annuity income is going to be $3,000 a month. You lose two of the six, then it'll increase to $6,000 a month. If you continue to need that long-term care for that five-year period, after the five years, it'll go back to $3,000 a month for the rest of your life. So this is a way where if you never need long-term care, you're going to continue to receive that income. So it's going to do its job and provide that income. But if you do need long-term care, then it will supplement or offset a piece of that long-term care cost. 
for at least the five-year period of time, then it'll go back to the income for the rest of your life. Does the annuity um, serve some of those legacy ambitions like like life insurance? It can because most of these annuity policies, let's say your total investment into this annuity is $500,000. But based on uh, what you take out of it from your income and any potential long-term care income, you've only consumed $250,000. You pass away that $250,000 plus any appreciation that has grown from the annuity investment itself will go on to the beneficiaries. So it can still be there for a legacy. If you live forever, if you live a very long time, then you're going to consume that total $500,000 investment. You pass away, then there's not going to be a legacy from that particular source of your um, of your assets. But most planning, you're not going to put 100% of what you own into the annuity anyway. So with these types of strategies, you're taking income from this annuity, but then you have these other assets over here that are continuing to grow. And because you're getting this great income from the annuity, you may not need to take as much or even any money from these other assets. And those assets are growing uh, growing, and then can be used as a legacy asset uh, when you pass away as well. Long-term care planning, of course, just one of the pieces of retirement. Lauren kind of talked about how it works with your, with your other pieces of retirement, your other income sources, what long-term care decisions you make are based on a lot more than just your long-term care needs. So it's a whole comprehensive plan. And you can learn more about the comprehensive plan at our website, MerkelPlan.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E Plan.com. And right there is where you can schedule your 15-minute retirement checkup call, a chance to talk about your specific situation, your retirement concerns, and ask questions to the retirement planners here at Merkel Retirement Planning. You go there, you get linked up to their calendars, you schedule the call, and Lauren, you can get a lot done in 15 minutes. You can get a ton done in 15 minutes. These phone calls that that we're having, we can talk about a lot of the concerns, even provide um, answers to the questions that they have or strategies uh, of things that they haven't thought about before and provide a lot of content, a lot of information in a very short period of time. We'll continue talking about a lot of content and information on this podcast. It's retiring today. And we thank you for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. And that's what makes the healthcare planning and long-term canning, long-term care planning piece hard. Oh, I was so close. Until the canning got in the way. <laughs> no, it was canning. You're canning yeah. in, when you pick from the garden, the Merkel garden. I was canning. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, I would just pick it up from the very beginning. Oh, you're, <laughs> you stinker! So good. You stinker! <laughs> your audio is a little soft. On All right. Okay. Tricky, tricky. Okay. Let's do it one more time. I'd just pick it up from the very, very beginning. <laughs> Your pension, your 401k, and you can plan. You guys, I'm doing too much over here. Dang it all. So if you could uh, take that again from the beginning, <laughs> that'd be great. I knew that's you what you were going to say. From, um, yeah, the beginning. I promise I'll get it out this time. Uh, that we're working with, that are, and this is right here in, uh, in Iowa, um, central part of the state, or central part of the If you could take that from. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Lauren, when I think about life insurance, I think about underwriting or qualifying or tests, health tests. So is this a strategy that definitely needs to put, be put in place before a certain age? Um, it, mo- 
Um, <laughs> Stumped him. Um, have fun. Nah. Have fun uh, doing things with this. <laughs> editing? They call it yeah, editing that, that in the biz. Uh, Sometimes words are hard. 